everybody doing? You guys all officially done with school now? Who is still in school? Raise your hand. If you're an adult, raise your hand. Life is school. <laughs> You'll enroll in life soon. <laughs> Just kidding. You're all in life already. Let me get my notes up here. And we should probably make mention of a couple of things coming up. So today we're, we're kicking off a series, which you'll, uh, you'll hear the name of it here in a minute. But in, I think it's three weeks? Yes, two weeks. Uh, June, yeah, June 23rd, we are doing um, a fun thing at John and Don's place. Who has never been to John and Don's place? Raise your hand. They got a pretty awesome place, a big yard, so we're going to play some yard games out there and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. But it's going to be at 6 instead of 6.30. So we'll make mention of it next week. In two weeks, we're going to be at John and Don's place. Okay, So make sure you do not forget. It's hard to believe it's already that soon. So, mark your calendars for that. And then who's going to the retreat? Raise your hand. Got a few of you. Get your money in. You guys remember how much it is? It's 210. If you helped out on Youth Sunday downstairs, take off $50 from that. So it would be 160 right? So, and make sure you let me know if you are still interested in going and you haven't told me yet. So, I believe that's all of the stuff I have to say. So, the title of the series, listen up, listen up, the title of our series is called, He Said What? Look to your neighbor and say, He Said What? Look to your other neighbor and say, What? Jesus said some really nice stuff, right? From time to time, he said some great things that we all really enjoy hearing. And I'll name a few of them. He said some things that were encouraging, some words of comfort, things that made people feel good. So let me list a few of them. I don't have these verses up there for you. I'm just going to spit them out real quick here, Josh. Okay. So Matthew 11:28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who here has heard that one before? Anyway? How about this one? John 16:33. I have said these things to you that... In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. None of you have heard that verse before? John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the what? World. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then he also says to us that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So he says that as well. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But he doesn't stop there. He said, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why we're called Abundant Life Fellowship. I think. (laughs) It's probably one of the verses they take to mind. 
Another one is Matthew 28, 20. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The last verse in the book of Matthew that Jesus says to the disciples before he goes up into heaven. John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. I think Tim shared that verse on Sunday. That's one of the verses he shared. Mark 16, 17, and 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Those are all some verses that are pretty good to hear, right? They're encouraging. They build your faith. They lift you up. They make you feel good other than the fact that you might hold some serpents from time to time. <laughs> Don't go do it intentionally, trying to test God, okay? <laughs> but I like to say these are some pretty typical verses you'd find on some home decor people put up in their houses, <laughs> right? <laughs> these are the typical verses that your mom and your grandma probably put up on Facebook in some nice graphic with flowers or a dog running through a field of grass. I mean, they make you feel good, right? But you guys know that Jesus said some hard truths from time to time, too. Jesus said some stuff that didn't always make you feel good. Sometimes Jesus said some things that were offensive. Honestly, just to put it plainly, they were offensive to people. He offended a lot of people. That's why some people in this world, you know, they, when you bring up Jesus, they snark at you and they're like, yeah, Jesus? You believe in that guy? Or they get angry. Has anyone ever seen people that get angry when you bring up that? <laughs> I know I have. There was one time, a job that I had, I worked at a warehouse for a coffee shop. And we would just go around building pallets that would get sent to the stores full of the product that they ordered for their coffee shop. And I remember wearing this t-shirt one time from youth group. It just said, Jesus over everything. That's all it said. I didn't even say a word, and I come walking into work that day, and this guy just sees my shirt, and he just goes, Jesus? And he just walks right past me, like cursing under his breath and stuff. I'm like, jeez, that guy's having a bad day. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even say a word. All he did was saw the word Jesus. I don't even know if he saw the other two words on my shirt. And it was offensive to him. He didn't like it. And I don't know all the reasons why. But for whatever reason, the name of Jesus was offensive to me. And that's the case for a lot of people. Jesus said some difficult things. He said some hard truths. There were some times where he even said things that the disciples themselves looked at him and said, Don't you know that's offensive, Jesus? <laughs> You just offended those people. Why would you say that? In today's terms, I feel like it would be us saying, you can't say that stuff, Jesus. We don't say those things. We don't talk like that. Why are you saying that? Stop it. You're making people upset. Because they were walking with him, right? The 12 disciples, their name was attached to him. So much so that when Jesus was going to the cross, 
people saw Peter and said, hey, you were with him. You're one of those people. <laughs> and I'm sure when Jesus was saying these things, he's like, gosh, dang it, Jesus. Now I'm going to look like a bad guy too. <laughs> They're not going to like me either. That's, that's kind of how it happens sometimes. So that's why this, this series is called Jesus. He said what? Because there's times where he said something, and you're like, that's in the Bible? Not just is it in the Bible, but Jesus is the one that said it. Those came out of his mouth? The person I'm supposed to be following? Let's find out some of those things, huh? In John 6, verse 60 through 64, and this is the ESV translation, Josh. Or, uh, Josh. John chapter 6, verse 60 through 64. So it's not 1 John, 2 John, or 3 John, just John. It's the Gospel of John. I always like that one. <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 60 through 64. ESV says, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Which they did. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. The truth can be hard to hear sometimes. But just because it's a hard saying doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right? I tell my kids this sometimes. Because, <laughs> I mean, just because they don't want to do it doesn't mean that it's the right thing. There's times I say things to my kids all the time. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to do it. But it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I did not like what you told me. <laughs> and Jesus' words are even more true than what I say. <laughs> Unless I say the same words, then they're the same, right? <laughs> but just because it's hard to hear, just because it's a hard saying, doesn't mean it's wrong. Disciples, this specific situation just before this was one of the things which one of us might share with us, with you guys, that it's not the sermon mine's focused on, but Jesus had said something that was offensive. He just said some words to some people that weren't so nice. And the disciples were getting upset about it. Like, this is a hard thing. Why are you saying these things? Who can understand what you're saying? But he said it anyway. It's all about the truth. That's what Jesus wanted to say. The truth Jesus said, they made people uncomfortable. But it didn't stop them from saying it. If you haven't read the Bible at some moment and had some of these same emotions the disciples had, 
I might argue you haven't read it. Or at least haven't read much of it. <laughs> there are going to be times you read the Bible and it offends you. There are going to be times you read something in Scripture and it makes you upset. Because it demands you to change. It demands you to change something about yourself. It demands you to change something about the way you live, the things you say, the things you do, the places you go. Jesus knew these things were going to offend people. But he didn't stop saying them just because it made people uncomfortable. It's going to make you uncomfortable sometimes. And if you follow him, it's going to put you in an uncomfortable position because people aren't going to like what Jesus said. Jesus said himself, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. I'm saying these things to get you guys, like, not everything Jesus said was all bunnies and flowers and fluffy. <laughs> Some things he said were painful. Some things he said hurt. It's because it says in the Bible that his word is like a two-edged sword, cutting to the heart of the matter, cutting to separate bone from marrow. If you didn't know, marrow was, is in the inside of your bone. <laughs> it's not on the outside. <laughs> and the way to get marrow out means you need to cut into the bone to do it. It hurts. I've never done a bone marrow transplant before, and I hope to God I never have to. <laughs> I hear they're one of I hear they're really painful. Some people need a transplant. No, no, no. I've never had one before. I've never I mean, I've never done one either, and I hope man, they have to do that. We are running low on doctors, I'll tell you that much. But here's I want to make this clear. Jesus' mission on the earth was not to offend people. Okay? But he still did sometimes. And the fact that his, his mission was to change the world, bring life in more abundance, right? That's what I read earlier. It didn't stop him from saying some offensive things. Because some of those things he had to say. Because it was the truth. Here's one of those things. One of those times that Jesus said some hard words to swallow. In Matthew... And I'm going to be in the ESV for everything, Josh. English Standard Version. You know, it's the standard, right? So, just kidding. There's other good translations, too. <laughs> Matthew 8, 19 and 20. It says, And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Has anyone here said those words? Anyone? Nobody, huh? No followers of Jesus in here. <laughs> Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Those are some strong words, right? Who here has ever said those words? Raise your hand. <laughs> All right, we got a few of you. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That's pretty intense, right? What's funny is so many of us, we, we want people to come to church. We want more people to come on a Sunday and on youth group, right? 
Jesus is saying things to get people away, <laughs> to get people to leave. He's got hordes and crowds of people following him all the time. And this one person comes up to him. He doesn't even have to go find him and say, follow me. He comes up to him. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, it's not comfortable where I'm going. <laughs> the life I have, it's not that great. It's difficult. You're not going to have a nice, comfortable bed that you expect to go home to every night or even every week. I don't have a place to call my home because here isn't my home. The reality is for us as believers is here isn't our home either. That's what it says in Scripture that we're sojourners, we're foreigners here on earth, and our, our place is in heaven, right? We're citizens of heaven. That's where our citizenship is found. These are some tough words that he said. And the thing about a scribe, I was looking at this and going, okay, I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard those words before. But a scribe, other translations say teacher of the law. Basically, the picture is this. The guy wasn't just a nobody. He wasn't of small status in society. He had a lot of comforts. He had a lot going for him. He had a lot of things in his life that made his life easy. And Jesus is saying, you're going to have to give that stuff up. You don't know what you're asking about. This life is going to be difficult. And here's the thing. He didn't say he couldn't follow him, right? He was just letting him know what to expect. Putting him in a place to count the cost. And we don't know what he, he responded with. Scripture doesn't give us that. But we all have to ask ourselves, is this a life we're willing to live? When it comes to following Jesus, it's going to be uncomfortable at times. It's not going to feel good every time, every day. You're going to have days where you're like, man, this is hard. Whether it's because of persecution, whether it's because of the, the way you have to choose to live, or because of the things you have to confess. Because not every day is perfect for us, right? But he was explaining all these things to the guy to say, where I go, you're going. What I say, you're saying. What I do, you're doing. If you choose this life, if you choose to follow me, if I choose to go into a muddy marsh, you're right behind me. <laughs> you're right there with me. If I choose to go to the top of the mountain, you're going to go there too. There are times Jesus went somewhere and the disciples were really upset about it. They did not want to go there. Samaria was one of them. In Jewish culture, they always went around Samaria, even though going through was better. Going through it was the easier way. But instead, they, they would take the long way around just because they despised Samaria so much. And they're like, all right, we're going to go to the other side over here. And they're like, yo, Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> we're supposed to turn back there. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're going through this way. This way's faster. Like, no, 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 we don't do that. 
We don't go there. We don't do that. As a follower of Jesus, if you're following him, are you going to do that? To go where he goes and to say what he says, it's difficult. But it's worth it. It's the life that's really the best one we can have. And that's what the disciples believed. Hordes of people would follow Jesus all over the place. There were times that Jesus was liked by people. I'm not going to say that he always was hated by people. Sometimes he was followed by people so much so that he couldn't even stop to eat, and neither could the disciples. It's interesting is he had hordes of people so much so, I mean, that's like paparazzi today. <laughs> Everywhere that he went, they wanted to be there. He was famous, and I really think that's partially what the, the scribe was wanting. He was wanting all the fame and all the glory without any of the difficulty, without any of the hardship, without any of the challenges. But to follow Jesus, you can't pick and choose what you believe, what you say, what you do. You can't pick and choose what people think of you because you can't even control that in the first place, right? But Jesus was telling him, things, things aren't going to be easy. Things are going to be difficult at times. The next guy after the scribe, which is the next couple of verses, it says in Matthew 8, 21 and 22, it says, another of the disciples, so it was, at this point it was somebody who followed him, right? Somebody who claimed to be a believer in Jesus. And said to him, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. <laughs> Look to your neighbor and say, let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> That's, you feel comfortable saying those words? <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's intense, right? Now, here's the thing. Majority of people believe what he was saying was let the spiritually dead bury their physically dead. He's saying, you're going to be preaching a kingdom that's alive. Leave that to those who are dead. This is basically what Jesus was saying. Which, in my opinion, doesn't make it sound that much better. <laughs> it's, that's a hard truth. I read this and I go, he said, what? And I think the disciples were thinking the same thing. They're like, you, what, you, you don't want these guys following us? What's your problem, Jesus? He said he was going to follow you. I mean, his father died for crying out loud. You're heartless. <laughs> in Jewish culture, it was expected, and I think even still today, that you're to bury the person within 24 hours of them passing. Now, we definitely don't do that in our time, right? In our culture, I mean, sometimes it's a while. Depending on if they were an organ donor or whatever. 
But in Jewish culture, when somebody dies, you got 24 hours to bury the person. So, I mean, really, it's not that long of a time to wait, right? In Luke, it says it this way. Luke 9, 59 and 60. It says, to another he said, follow me. So in, in Luke's account, Jesus talks first. He looks at the guy and says, John, follow me. That's not what the guy said. <laughs> he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Seems like a reasonable request, right? It's understandable. Yeah. Sure, we'll wait around for you. That's not what Jesus says, right? He says, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. What would you guys have done if Jesus said that to you? If that was his response to you? Sounds pretty heartless. But here's the thing. I read this and I see it as the guy is telling God to wait on him. And it should never be that way. Right? God, wait. I'll follow you when I'm good and ready. Have any of you said that? I hope not. But here's the thing. You don't tell God to wait on you. It doesn't go well when you do that. You wait on God, right? For us, it says in Scripture multiple times to wait on the Lord. And those who wait on the Lord are going to be blessed. Those who wait on the Lord are not going to be disappointed. But you don't tell God to wait on you. <laughs> when he says go or follow me, your response should be pretty immediate. In Jewish culture as well, it, it kind of depends on how you look at the guy saying, let me first go bury my father. Was it physically needs to go do it within 24 hours time, or was it the entire burial process, which could take up to a year? Because in that culture, they would wait until the body had decomposed to a certain point and then take the bones, put them in a box, and then go bury the box of bones. And that could take up to a year. And during that whole process, they're bringing incense to the tomb where the person was buried and all this stuff. I mean, that's why when Jesus was buried in a tomb, the women went to the tomb to go bring incense because that was, that was the, the normal thing to do. And that was three days later. So depending on how you look at it and how the guy's saying, bury my father, he's saying, listen, you need to wait for me. I'm not ready to go yet. I got other things that are more important to do. Guys, there's a million excuses why we don't follow Jesus. <laughs> there's always going to be a million reasons why not to do something that he tells us to do. And every single one of them, Jesus knows the truth of, our, the, of what's in our heart and what needs to change. And oftentimes, the following him you'll find changes you. The following after him changes your heart. He's saying, leave that stuff behind. What's most important in life? He says, follow me, 
And seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else is going to be taken care of. The seeking the kingdom is what allows things to be taken care of. When we try to take things in our own hands, try to take care of our stuff ourselves, it doesn't work so well. Whichever way you look at it with this guy, whether it was 24 hours or a whole year, the thing is, is, like I said, there's always a million reasons not to follow him, but which one are you going to choose? Are you going to pick one of the, the reasons not to? Or are you going to pick the reason to? I'll tell you now, it's worth it. Don't expect, don't expect God to just say, okay, I'll wait for you. He's always, he's always reaching out a hand to us. It's an amazing thing. But he doesn't want you to delay. He doesn't want you to wait. He's like, why, why wait? Why not now? Why can't you do it now? You guys know what happened after these people that Jesus talked to? Jesus sent out in pairs of two disciples of 72, and they healed the sick, they raised the dead, and they cast out demons. They healed lepers. They, they did all these incredible things. But if these people never followed him, they were never a part of it. They never got to be a part of that. When it came, you got to look at it in the sense of Jesus' time on earth was limited, Right? He had three and a half years of ministry. There's no knowing where he was going to be tomorrow. <laughs> after 24 hours, there's no knowing where he was going to be after the whole year-long burial process. And who's to know what people would have said after he finally got to the house? They'd find more reasons to keep him behind. Oh, you're going to follow this guy? No, 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 hold on, hold on. Please wait, you're not going to leave me to do all this by myself. I don't know why Jesus said all these things sometimes. <laughs> I think to myself, Jesus, that's, that's not very nice. <laughs> why would you say something like that? But the thing is, is God does not want anything between you and him. He doesn't want anything between you and your relationship with him. It, it's what he wants. He wants all of you. He wants every part of you. He, wants, he doesn't want anything getting in the middle of you. Because he loves you guys that much. What's the choice that you're going to make? Because Jesus has asked every one of us to follow him. He's reaching his hand out to every single one of us. And he's saying, follow me. Follow me. He's waiting for us to say, no more excuses. <laughs> I will. He's waiting for us to say these things. Whether any of those reasons why not to follow him are good enough is your choice. And God wants... God wants you guys to share this message with others. He wants you to tell others, guys, he's changed my life. 
He's changed my life, and he wants to change yours too. But we got to let him, right? We got to give him that chance. We got to give him that opportunity. So we're going to get into groups here. And I want you guys to really think about this stuff. We've got some pretty intense questions. God wants you guys to do the impossible. In the same way he had the disciples do the impossible after he had these conversations. Luke tells us there were three people that came up to him. And I'm not sharing the third one. You can go read it for yourself. <laughs> End of Luke 9. It's, he says to these people some hard truths. <laughs> he says to these people some things that he was basically trying to get things out of the way of what was between him and them. Jesus' response to them was the same it is to us. What's your choice? What decision are you going to make? Are you going to choose to follow me? Or are you going to choose one of the million of excuses as to why, why not to? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to be in places that challenge you? that are painful from time to time. These disciples saw incredible things happen. <laughs> but they, they had some difficult things happen too. <laughs> there were times that Jesus, was his life was threatened. People were trying to kill him. <laughs> it happened more than once. Are you willing to go out of your way to change the world? Because that's what God wants to do with you guys. God wants to change the world. The, the amazing thing is, is he uses people like you and me to do it. But he can't, he can't do it through us if we say, I'll follow you, and then we sit on our hands. And we say, I'll follow you, but, wait after this. I'll follow you, but, i got to do this thing first. I'll follow you, but, let me go take care of this first. Let me get all my ducks in a row first. Let me wait to do all these things. Guys, you can change your world now. You don't have to wait till you're out of school. You don't have to wait till you have a high-paying job or any job. <laughs> you don't have to wait till you have a car. There's kids just like you that have changed their school. And it all started with one person. And you guys know it. Our, our city needs Jesus, right? Why John's sleeping over there? <laughs> they saw you. <laughs> hey, guys, give him a break. He works early all the time. <laughs> He's working for the kingdom. <laughs> but really... Guys, you can change your school. You can change the city. You can change your family. But not with yourself. You need Jesus to do it. It's the only way the disciples were going to do anything in the world was with following Jesus. So let's stand up. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into groups.
I truly believe God is calling each and every one of you to do something that's seen as impossible. That's impossible to do without him. And I think each and every one of you has a calling on your life. Some of you might know what that impossible thing God's calling you to do already. But there's a calling God's put on your life to do now, as well as one more long-term. For me, he called me to be a youth pastor. But he, he called me to, to be a light in the world wherever I was, too. And the same goes for all of you, right? That doesn't stop only once you get into your calling in life, wherever God's called you to do. So let me pray for you. God, I pray for everyone in this room. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to see the impossible things you've called them to do. And the only way that they can do those is if they truly choose to follow you. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the courage to step out into the world and change it for you. Lord, help them to endure hardships and, and difficulties and, and completely honest suffering that comes along with it from time to time. If we choose to live for you, we're going to have to suffer with you too. God, I pray that you would give them the strength, perseverance, endurance to walk this faith out all the way to the end. In Jesus' name.